Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Hum Live at the 8 After Show podcast, where today we sat down with Ben Hardy of Fear the Sparrow to discuss music and life choices. Enjoy. While they're getting set up in there, how you been, dude? Hanging in there, man. I, yeah. I was, it was kind of like uh, after Saturday, Sunday was kind of weird because I was like, because usually... I'm thinking of, all right, what do I got to do next? What, well, do you I have any more year. ideas? Do I have any more suggestions? Do I have any more of this and that? And that, and it was kind of over. So I was kind of like, huh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do today? You did say that there was like uh, like an ensuing depression once it was all complete. Because you'd been in the studio. Like you'd been going hard for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely hit on Sunday. Actually, I don't really remember. What did I do Sunday? Uh, did you have to reevaluate, reevaluate your life and what you're going to do with it now that you're on the other side was it of raining? all of your projects? Yeah, was it raining on Sunday? Probably, too? man. Yeah, it's spring. So, um, man, I did some house stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like try to get. That's caught very up on anticlimactic. It. It, it's, and that's what's so depressing about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, back to real life and real life problems and real life yeah. chores. Well, you know what? We get to go back and experience some of the magic today. And cool. relive and talk some more. Cool. And and we're doing a video, I guess. That's right. Yeah. So hold on. <laughs> video? This video? Yeah. The one we're talking about? Or this one. You know? And, you know. We're, we have prospects. Yeah. There are things being discussed behind the scenes. There are. There are. And for today, I, let's see. Where are we at? We're at May 13th. Right. It's uh, Spring is in full swing. And we are it's live. It's a chilly spring today. It is. But, you know, it comes and goes. It's Memphis. You know. True. We got bridges, you know, that have cracks in them. And That's right. I forgot about that. How did I forget? It's because I don't cross the bridge every day. But yeah, we're we're uh, we're stuck. <laughs> it's a good here, thing, right? Yeah, we're you, stuck have to, you, have to, you got to drive way around, right? Yes, I guess to the next bridge, wherever that is. I guess that's a few miles down the street. I fifty five. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're right here. So cheers. Yeah, man. Cheers to you, man. Thanks, brother. Cheers to you. Cheers to fear the sparrow to the house, right? To the house. Yeah. And then to the mouth. Amazing, four roses appropriate, I think, given the uh, the context that we're that we're speaking <laughs> it's, it's about very, today. Very appropriate. Yeah, so we're here, station eight, and we're talking with Ben Hardy from Fear of the Sparrow. Ben, yeah, how's it going? It's awesome. Yeah, well, good to hear. I want to uh, dive right in because okay. we have a lot of things to cover and a lot of things to talk about, and I'm Let's really go. excited because from the first time I met you. Uh, you've just had such a passion about this entire project and everything that you've been working on. Um, and just overall, just a really positive energy and just a forward momentum, which is after this last year, not something that is in abundance. So it's right. been really refreshing right. to right. to see that. And uh, I've actually, uh, to be fair, I've seen it in a lot of musicians that we've worked with, but I've been really inspired in working with you and just seeing your passion and all that you put into this project. So I'm really excited to to break that down. Uh, the people that l- are listening to this, um, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are, um, but I do think it's yeah. I don't know. You know, well, if they don't, <laughs> I hope they, I hope they like hear us. Yeah, well, I think it's appropriate to maybe go back and and just kind of give like a general overview of everything and uh, and go into some details before we even get on the concept because okay. that's that's going to be. That's going to be a discussion. Yeah. So let's start off with the band. We have Ben Hardy. Mm-hmm. Who else do we have? Well, we got Johnny Friedman, who plays drums. Um, we've got Corbin Haynes, who is our lead guitar player. 
and Jody Robinson, who's our bass player. All incredibly talented, as we saw during the performance. Well, you, know. <laughs> you hear that, guys? We fake it till we make it. <laughs> no, that's great. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I want to go back and let's just kind of rewind to the start of Fear of the Sparrow. I want to go back to uh, when it began. I'm thinking 2018, right? Actually, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Okay, so just... tell me about conceiving the band and how that came about. Well, it's it started from my past band that I had called Starliner. And, um, you know, we a lot did, of folks know who, who that is. Yeah. Just in the yeah, Memphis. Scene. Yeah. In the Memphis area. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, we kind of made some noise. What was the, bit. what was the reign of Starliner year wise? Probably. Oh, two through Oh four. Okay. Yeah. Cause we, we got hooked up with a guy named Pete Matthews over at Arnett and that's when things kind of started to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately the band ended. Um, we all had, had different things going on. We just, it just didn't make sense to do it anymore. And, uh, you know, the record industry was falling apart at that time. And mm-hmm. it just, the internet. Like, yeah. Yeah. seemed like a lost cause. We all kind of went our separate ways. So, you know, fast forward to about 2017, I got, uh, in contact with our old drummer, Evan Willens, and then our old lead guitar player, uh, Daniel Cossey. And we were just like, Hey man, we left a lot of songs on the table that never got recorded. We have like some good stuff. Let's, let's just go record it for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, with David Cowell and he, shout out Dave Cowell, supernova yeah. sound, supernova sound. Um, so we just, we kind of made that happen and, you know, it was just supposed to be those two songs and that was going to be it. Um, but then I got that itch again mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do another band. And this time I'm just going to keep it fun because Starliner became a business. And when that kind of happens and we were so young at the time, it just kind of was like, we all just kind of butted heads. We were immature and, and stuff like that. So I was like, did it kind of take the step into business when you started working at Ardent? And yeah. 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 Um, so um, I was like, we're, I'm going to do this and do it for fun. And now I just got to find some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to call it Fear the Sparrow because I have this ridiculous sparrow tattoo on my arm that was supposed to be a sleeve and it's not. It's a lovely tattoo. <laughs> it's Don't sell yourself The short. lone bird. <laughs> the lone ranger. So, do, do you identify with that at all? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have a few tattoos and they're all, they all mean something. Yeah. Well, so. you know, not everything has to, but I think it's important that if you do have a value or something that you can, you know, artistically express in a tattoo, some things are worth carrying with you all the way to the end. Yeah. You know, um, there's one that I would like to take off, but we won't talk about that one. <laughs> do I, can we even see that one on, on, I don't even know if we're allowed to see that one. Let's yeah. See. It's, it's, it's across <laughs> here. <laughs> no secret. Well, <clears throat> so I want to go, going back to, to the band first single critical, uh, number one, British Alternative Radio Charts. Um, also voted top rock song on the Our Stage Internet Radio in March of 2019. Those are huge accomplishments. How did that feel? Weird. <laughs> it was, did, did it come out of nowhere? Did I you work for it? Or like, how did that even No, I didn't happen? even know that stuff exists. Um, you know, I just put critical out there. Like, this is kind of like before Fear the Sparrow actually got kicked off. Um, and... You know, I kind of submitted it to some places. Uh, a couple of those internet radio shows is kind of where I hit first. And, uh, you know, those two kind of took off. And and I don't know what kind of real accomplishments those are, but it was it's kind of cool to hear. 
Well, it's an accomplishment, I think, in its own right, because it was something that was important to you. You're back making music again, Mm -hmm. so you're putting it out. That's an accomplishment. End of sentence. But the fact that it got recognition across seas just makes it that much more interesting. Yeah, that song, it's a good song. Um, I I just... wasn't really looking for that type right. of thing. I was just, it just happened because again, that was what you avoided my, in Star For myself Liner. and my friends and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's kind of a nostalgic type of thing. Yeah, and, it makes sense. And I guess right after that, uh, the next single was Panic, which was, I think, got up to number 11 on Indie Star uh, Radio Top 21. That was April. Yeah. 2019. And that's actually a Starliner song that we just oh, brought wow. back. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was something that we recorded in like 2003. And we, and Fearless Sparrows using using that song, um, so we put that out there. Kind of, I needed something to kind of follow up panic or uh, critical with. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously it was received well. Yeah, it's, it's kind of I don't know. It's it's a bopper. Yeah. So in this process, when you were writing this music and releasing these singles, were you kind of like finding your dynamic with the band and just the writing process, or what did what did that look like as you were kind of making all this happen? Um, this is a pretty new, relatively speaking, a new endeavor, but it's been a lot that's, that you've accomplished. Yeah. And we've had some, we've gone through some people, you know, in search of where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, As in all things. Yeah. Um, but the writing style always kind of stayed the same. Uh, you know, I write really in a couple of particular ways. Um, I have a lot of... Are you the main, would you consider yourself the main writer of yeah. of the music? Yeah. Usually, um, you know, what's cool about now, though, is that everybody's contributing, which is a blessing. It helps. It it, it makes things not stale. Mm-hmm. Um, and they push me a little bit more. <clears throat> so it's not like one mind trying to do one one thing. It's so they've kind of learned like what your what your perimeter is and kind of how to push you a little bit further. Yeah. Within yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty valuable. So. The songs now are a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more diverse. And, you know, coming from where we were when we first started. So, so how has, let's just, we have to get into it because how can you not in, in this day and age, but how was the pandemic? How was being in, in coronavirus? And, and, you know, I don't know to what degree you personally or any of the other band members were affected, but one thing that absolutely was affected is the ability to just make music, play shows, release things, go out, do things. Yeah. It was gone. How's so, it been? I mean, it, obviously it sucked. It sucked yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And I don't know a person that would have a good story about it. Um, but what it did for me was I chose to kind of like learn, take it upon me. I wanted to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And so I bought some like home recording gear. I was like, I'm just nice. We can't practice. We can't do anything. So I'm going to learn how to just make some demos. And uh, that's what I spent my time doing. And I got, I'm okay at it. Um, okay enough to where we did put out like kind of two acoustic songs just over, over last summer, just, just to kind of test the waters a little bit Mm -hmm. and see how those, do you feel good about it? Uh, they're good for what they are. Fair enough. Um, it's kind of like practice. Yeah. Um, I like the songs. Um, I redid, uh, panic in a lighter acoustic version of it. And that one, that one did well. Nice. So I, I have to say, I mean, having gone through this music and listened to it and then going into and referencing the performance that happened here at Station 8, uh, the first song, I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty 
stark contrast yeah. as to what I was listening to when we first made contact and started talking about doing this thing. Right. So how did this new sound come about? I mean, where did it come from? <sighs> Probably just growth. Um, well, I really like it. I mean, it, it does have elements, uh, like especially towards the end of the first song, it almost has kind of the reverb of like the, the former sound, but right. it's entirely different too in the way it's presented and the way it feels. It's almost, it's much more atmospheric and ambient in a sense, but also still delivers that feeling, right? you know, that you previously had, which I find really interesting that you're able to harness a new sound, but also cater to the old one. Yeah. So that's, that's the tricky part. Um, I I have a pretty vast, um, like influential section <laughs> of my music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really into like the, the ambient type stuff right now. Um, kind of like explosions in the sky. Uh, Lord Huron has a lot to do with that. Um, uh, so these are influences. Cigarettes after sex. Mm-hmm. another band that i which I, I told you i listened to the album that's right yeah, it, was, it was great yeah i appreciate you sharing that i like the mood like i spent so long trying to hide or keep uh the moodiness out of the out of our songs and uh just because like i just felt like people would relate to like the happier poppier stuff and but now i'm just kind of like man i'm just gonna let this go mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm just gonna do whatever comes out comes out and that's just what it's going to be. So now I'm letting that stuff back out. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm the em- the emo dad of Memphis. <laughs> well, so so this new this new music, this newer direction, do you feel like it has roots and kind of what's all, always inspired you musically and this is just yeah. it taking a, a new yeah. form? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's um cuz it's hard to come by. Uh, yeah, I feel like. and I don't know how people are going to take it. Because uh, they're used to hearing like one style of a thing from us, um, so we're kind of just branching out. Uh, I was a little worried about how the guys would receive it, but uh, they they latched onto it like right away, and they're like, "Let's do this." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. Speaking we of, we're talking Johnny, the the drummer. Um, he he was he seemed like he was really into it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe he's just a great performer, but he's uh, he was on it, and yeah, he just both. he seems he seems really into. Yeah. Uh, just the direction the music is is going as a whole. Yeah, um, he was the main one I was worried about. Really, he's a little bit more, um, like uh, harder to crack mm-hmm. or convince. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's usually a skeptic about most things. So, but he well, I'm sure he'll he hear like this. That, but I have okay. to say, I feel like by the end of our experience here, I had loosened him up just a little bit. Oh, I think a lot just of things, a little I bit. think a lot of things loosened him up a little bit. Yeah, he he I really enjoyed talking to Johnny. Like I had a great nailed, time with him. He nailed it the other day. Yeah, he, he I'm killed proud it, of him, man. man. He killed it. Yeah. He played that part so well. He did. He totally <laughs> nailed it and it was spot on. His harmonies were beautiful. He did a wonderful job. I was super impressed. It's not every day that you see drummer just pull that out with just he did it effortlessly. He even said he was like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm usually you know, breaking a sweat here and there. He's like, but this time, man, it just came right out. I just flew right through it, you know, and I was, it, it was clear. That was how he yeah. felt. It came across that way. Yeah. He was super nervous, like rehearsals and stuff. Like he was, I don't know. I couldn't tell that he was kind of nervous, but an uh, internal being. That's okay. And going from just pounding the hell out of drums to like playing super light, changing brushes and two brushes and, you know, a stripped down kit. Um, Seamless. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. And like, I, I've learned never to doubt that guy. 
on anything when it comes to music. Yeah. Well, I was impressed, you know, his whole family, I think his, his two children, I mean, they're all incredibly musically inclined. I think it's just in his blood, man. Yeah. They're the, I don't know if he can help. We call them the Friedman five. (laughs) There's five of them. Uh, Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. The Friedman five. (laughs) Well, so going back, um, on the production side, working with Dave Cal, working at supernova, how, how was that experience? I mean, on the production level, it's always fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's not work. It's not stressful. It's, Mm -hmm. Um, Dave knows how to have a good time. I, I I worked with him in 2011 and we had a wonderful time making yeah. a great record. And it was, I mean, one of the best experiences of my life to come in and make right. something for the first time and have that relationship. And he's, 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 he's got that personality for days. Yeah. He's a great, he's Some a character and he's a musician. He is. He's incredibly and talented. He, he, he's got the psychology to where if he picks up that you're don't feel that confident about something. He finds a way to trick you into it and mm-hmm. you not know that you're actually doing that. He's like, see, I told you. Now that you mentioned it, it yeah. as a vocalist, uh, I think all the people that I've worked with, I think he had that skill mastered now that you're actually bringing it up and put it into <laughs> words. Because I mean, yeah, we were doing some crazy stuff with vocals and he was always so great to come in and just calm it down yeah. and, and, and make it happen and be comfortable. Yeah. And he knows, he knows when to speak up like, Hey, I'm not really digging that part or i think we i think you could do this mm-hmm. um or and but he's you know cool enough to where like he'll leave it alone if it if it doesn't need to be worked you know worked out or, or, or things are fine he'll leave it alone he's not trying to change your stuff right you know like support some people out a good producer kind of want to change your stuff and and stuff so yeah no it's a uh He's just a cool, cool dude to work with. It, it's more fun than anything. We we BS a lot too, so we yeah. could probably. We There's some signatures, so, uh, yeah, on that, on that door behind right us now. that uh, would make any anyone watching this blush, <laughs> from 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 the man himself. Yeah, we we could have cut four or five songs the week that we were in there, but we only did two, and then we we got those done like really really quick, and then we just kind of <laughs> just acted. And that was uh, which which two did you get recorded? What's that? Which two did you get recorded this last time with, with so, Dave? So Theft of Me. Okay, so that's opening track. Opening track and then Drunk this Dumb, which is the second track. Yeah, second track. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So, so it, it all it all worked out to where doing this production with you guys and recording those two songs, it all kind of just, it came together all at once. Mm-hmm. And it just, and it fit together. Yeah. So. Well, we're super happy to be a part of the process. And, you know, I think it's time that we start to unpack what we've actually been talking about and alluding to this whole time. And that is that uh, you've put a tremendous amount of of thought, effort, energy into showcasing and I guess executing the concept behind not only the music, but, you know, the visual elements that tie into it in order to express a story. And I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna dig a little bit. So if I get if I get if I get too okay, deep, you no. just be like, hey man, no, no, not not now. We're all good. We but, got this. All right. Well, cheers. <laughs> One more time. Yeah. So delicious. So let's get let's get into it. So um, tell me before we get into the details, where did this concept start? Where did it come into your mind? And um, how did it begin? You know, with all this. It be, I have this kind of fascination with the time period of like the 20s and the 30s. And I've always had that. I'm 
love the Al Capone stuff. I love mm-hmm. the gangster stuff. I love, you know, the romantic side of that time period. Things were so much different. Um, what we would call classy today, right? Yeah, yeah, classy. Something like that. Um, so it, it really started from there. Uh, I, I have this weird, I don't know, thing like I've been there before. Like that's just like, man. I recently went on a trip to Chicago and, and did the oh, whole well. gangster tour. And I was just like, I was loving it. I felt like, I was like, I feel like I've been here before, but not type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've always kind of, I always liked when bands did like, kind of like concept type things. And I've always kind of wanted to do that. So I'm, I just mixed the two together and, uh, uh, I was super nervous about, you know, pitching it to the band and then coming in here and pitching it to you guys because it was a pretty far-fetched, I thought it was a far-fetched idea. Um, you guys provided a platform that I was looking for for this. And uh, I was like, well, it's now or never. You know, it's... I, I really do feel, <laughs> your comment earlier, I feel like it was the perfect storm. Yeah. I mean, it was a great time for you to be making new music and new sounds for the first time. And also, finally, maybe, if, to put it into words, like find the confidence to really put this concept out there in a palatable way. That's right. not just like in the abstract of the mind, but comes across on on film and right. on an album. And I think it worked out. I mean, it really did. I mean, it was it was a awesome performance in itself, but just the fact that if you take the words, just the fundamental meaning of everything and, and start to finish... It's explaining something. It's telling a story. Right. It's not ambiguous. It's 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 an experience. Absolutely. And it there's a lot of exaggerated truths in that story. A lot of like exaggerated personal truths. Um, so g- give me give me something. Give me well, give me I mean, something that's that's derived from like give me I don't know. Tell me tell me something about it. The personal level. So I'm a very reflective person. So I'll go and reflect on anything that has happened in the past. Like, and then I self self analyze it too. Like what could I've done better? Did mm-hmm. I really handle that situation at 16? <laughs> it's a little best, late. The best way, <laughs> you know, yeah. did I really need to be upset about that uh, type things? And most of them revolves around, you know, girls and relationships and stuff like that. And, and passion in other words. Yeah. And everybody, to some degree has experienced love, heartbreak, you know, tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, that's just what life is or the, the crappy side of life. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, nobody really wants to hear like, Hey, I'm happy all the time. <laughs> you know, it, if, if it was that way, then isn't you that weird? Yeah. That we don't you, want you that. You wouldn't have shows that, that on TV now that are just kind of like, kind of depressing and you know you got murder shows you got dramas you've got suspense and and like all that stuff so people kind of go that way yeah and you got your happier stuff but i mean but you can only tell so much of a story when it's like happy all the time yeah you know and i think too you can kind of connect more with people when you kind of share those kind of like tragedy tragedies and loss and heartbreak and and all that stuff it's something that i think people are more inclined to connect to because regardless of your life experience you're just more sensitive 
Yeah. No matter what your relationship is with it, it's going to be tender, you know, typically. Right. And I'm a type of person where I keep a lot of this stuff inside and I don't really talk about it. But one avenue that I have is through this and Mm -hmm. through music and and stuff. And, you know, I don't always divulge like specifically what our songs are about um, for two reasons. Uh, One is because I want the listener to kind of, you know, come up with their their own version or story or, mm-hmm. or how it however it relates to them uh and then the second one is um you know do you feel like you've why? built <laughs> fair <laughs> enough do you feel like you've built relationships with um just your listeners and people that you've connected with throughout your journey and music through that just b- basically them hearing what you're putting out and connecting to it in their own way because that is in essence like a big part of the beauty of music in my opinion yeah. The ability to hear something and derive your own purpose and meaning from it. Yeah, that kind of happened with that song Critical. Like, it started to happen there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the song Panic that we released, I mean, that's straight up about anxiety. And everybody has it. Appropriately named. Yeah. <laughs> Panic attacks and all that stuff. Uh, so that's, it's people, I've gotten, you know, comments from people about that one. Um, that song means that panic song means a lot to me because during that time, like my anxiety and, and panic attacks were like outrageous. Um, but I, I kind of find a way to kind of like, don't show it. So, yeah. Are you still that way? I can be. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, it, it's weird because I think most people see me as like, you know, happy, like extrovert type guy, but I'm really not. I would, uh, I think I would safely classify you as that, but I also haven't known you for nearly as long, but it's also because you present it so confidently and so well, you know, you do, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you came in with a lot of positivity and a lot of passion, a lot of good energy, but maybe that's the result of your journey is just knowing how to convert that into something, you know, all that you've been through and all that you've experienced into something like that. So when you do come in for a project, you're amped on it. Yeah. And a lot of that too, is just getting older and like I'm just accepting it more and just saying, you know, fuck it. Oh, can I say you, that? You can say fuck it. Okay. I'm like, fuck it, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've lived, <laughs> I've lived like harboring this stuff in for so long. I'm just, now I'm going to release it and I'm going to release it through music. Yeah. So has there been catharsis for you just in like just relief com- coming from, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, all this stuff you've been putting a out? little bit like, I know no one, like most people aren't going to, like, so uh, Mickey, the girl that's playing the, uh, the Shout character. Shout out Mickey. Mickey, uh, let's, Michaela Mickey. Yeah. Anna Walt, right? Right. Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Shout out to Mickey. Hey, Mickey. So her and I keep, like, <laughs> so she saw the performance or whatever. She was here during that. And she was like, I, re- I really, like, your words are kind of like all the stuff I'm going through in my life right now she's like you're kind of just you're like the narrator in my head <laughs> that's a powerful <laughs> statement for anyone to share especially someone you know yeah and, I, and she was like we were talking today and she goes um um what did she say something to the effect that she'll never really understand like where where my words are coming from because she's I, she's just playing the guessing game like what's that what's this about what's mm-hmm. this about i am too that's why i'm asking so, by the way <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm trying to pull well, you apart here here's, here's the here's the 
like a lot of my songs, they'll be like a bass topic. But then like I'll write a line that has something to do with my past, but then the next line won't have anything to do with me. It might be something that I see somebody else going through. Mm-hmm. And then I get a lot of ideas from like TV and stuff. Like, Well, there's a lot of, you know, media. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it drives a lot of, uh, it's just a really a, a vessel for, you know, art essentially, you know, everything that we film and put together, you know, it's inherently creates life more creativity. Art. Yeah. Life is yeah. art. Uh, and everything, life is one big drama. Yeah. From front to back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, just what it is. It, you're right. You're right. I try uh, to live my life so that I don't have to describe it as dramatic, though. But maybe I do anyway. Well, I mean. We all have our moments. Everybody has highs and lows. They, right. They'll have, like, good periods and then they'll have bad periods. I mean, everybody's got to experience, you know, the highs and lows of life. And uh, we all have that in common. Like, yeah. as humanity, we all have that in common, one way or another. So, um, is there something specific that you feel uh you're trying to convey through this or do you think it's totally totally subjective like maybe are you providing a context maybe just an atmosphere like a a place for people to think about it yeah i think i'm laying the foundation yeah you got the noir vibe you've got you know the the visual you have the the words and like the speed and actually speaking of mickey she did a great job of of nailing all that Um, she did she came in and and uh uh she was a little nervous and once yeah. she calmed down a little bit and she nerves just she started having fun with it and started, you know, hitting home runs. Yeah, absolutely. And the ending. <laughs> you were involved in that. That was well executed. Yeah. The ending. So you gotta tune in for the ending. Because it may lead to something else later on. Okay. May lead. May. So it's actually, so that's a good point. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there's some element of this performance that we're talking about here at, at uh, you know, Live at the Eight tied into your previous music video. Hollywood. That released in April. Yeah. That was Hollywood. Yeah. So can you give me any details? <sighs> the ending of that video, Hollywood video. So he takes her hand, he guides her through the door. Yeah is actually the end of, well, there's some dialogue in this little concert film that we did okay. at the end, and it refers oh, to- Oh, that's right. So people aren't people haven't seen it yet as they're listening to this, right? It's right. Kind of, yeah, okay. A little mystique for you. Right. Okay. So she says a little line, and she kind of whispers it in my ear, and uh, she tells me to do something. So the going back to the Hollywood video at the very, very end of that video, I do that thing. But is it present or is it past or is there more to the story past that? So we don't we don't know when we get to find out. You may (laughs) you may get a really good idea during this concert film. But I will say this. It's not over. Yeah, I don't. I think it would be totally inappropriate if you ended it right there. We got The story must continue. I mean, I'll, I'll probably it's always, like the, to be fair, the, I'll probably always feel that way. <laughs> if it finishes up, I'm probably gonna always want more. But that's just you know. So it's like it's like the season finale of a show. So it kind of has a little cliffhanger. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> well, so do you think uh, in the production of making this music and these visuals, the new avenue of music and everything that you've been going down, do you feel like you're able to maybe? Uh, 
convey some things that you've never been able to in the past or maybe open up like a different range or maybe some things that you didn't really know that you wanted to put out there? Well, I love the aesthetic that we were we were able to It was to really achieve. cool, man. Uh, it looks and great. I, I think we're going to keep that around for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are... Like we haven't even released anything yet uh, about this, except for like you know stuff off of Instagram. Yeah, uh, you guys have helped out in that, and the photos that Jen did are yeah, absolutely they are great. The set amazing. pictures, man, it was like all of it really. It was they look great. Yeah, more to come by the way. Um, so that's piqued a lot of interest, and uh, so we're gonna keep it around for a little bit and see where it goes. Well, so I think uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, talking about keeping it around for a little bit, I think that ties even into your live performance that now that the world is kind of opening back up and becoming a thing again, uh, you're having, you're planning a performance that's kind of surrounded around this. Right. Tell me about yeah. it. So July 10th, July 10th, mark your calendars at growlers and see growlers. We just tonight, um, as we're recording this, not as we're releasing this, but as we're, uh, the, the podcast we did <laughs> with growlers with Tony Westmoreland and Mark is, yeah. is coming out and they're yes. talking about all the great stuff that they're doing, uh, for bands or I'm asking them about it cause they're nice and humble, but I had to put them on the spot, but that's a great place to be and to be doing something on it July is. 10th. It is. And if people are listening to this and haven't heard the one with Mark and Tony, then they need to go back and listen yeah, to that. Yeah, it was really cool. You even talked about all the venues and just like how Memphis is being laid out and what bands we can even play. It's really cool. And yeah. now you're a part of it. Yeah, so it's going to take place at Growlers. Um, we are going to kind of do a kind of rendition or a live version of this concert film. Um we may add a little bit more to it to kind of tell a little bit more of the story. Okay. Um, Are we going to have like live performances from, from actors and actresses or what? I mean, I'm just curious. I'm just, um, well, I mean, you kind of are that in your own right to be fair when you're getting up in in full wardrobe and yeah. So the band's doing everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like what you got, what you guys are going to see in this video is going to be a live experience pretty soon. Can you make me see in black and white? Can you do that yet? It's we might have to get right? those like black and white glasses out. Okay. You know? right. No, this will be in full color. It's okay. Um, it's still in the planning stages. Uh, we have some big ideas that we need to find out if we're able to pull off first in there with kind of like props and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything's go- anything goes right now. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Um, I, just like this concert film that we did with you guys, it's going to be a first. So there'll be a learning curve to it. Yeah. Um, a little, little bit of trial and error, uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting. You might see a ghost. You might not. <laughs> what does that mean? That's all we get. You might see a ghost. You might not. You, you heard you it here first. Not. You but see a, a lot of people aren't going to may not know or try to figure out like, so Mickey's character, is she the spirit or am I the spirit? Oh no, this is too much. (laughs) So you got to kind of figure that out. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about it. Yeah. So it's written in a way that it could be both or one. Um, But there was some level of just like, like there's some ethereal nature about the whole thing that I couldn't quite thumb it. And that fact that you're saying this is maybe just, a little bit of a right, a little uh, bit of an idea. I want to just keep the guessing going. 
Yeah, well, you're doing a good job. And I think but, I appreciate it. But people need to keep nothing's in chronological order. So this is kind of going to be all over the map. It's like one of those movies that's like the best movie, but you don't know it until it's completely over. You know, you're like the whole time you're like, what? In the end, you're like, wow, that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, what? kind of like um, uh, Memento. That, you know, that was a heavy one. Uh, even, um, geez, now that it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it with, oh, uh, uh, what's that other actor's name? Wow. I'm drawing a blank here on the air. Um, that's it. Pulp there it is. Fiction. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you can think of Pulp Fiction. Just now. Uh, this is what happens <laughs> when I'm like thinking of 12 different things and trying no. to hold on to another thought. Yeah. I'm with <laughs> you. I totally get that, that thing. It's like, um, I don't know. Shutter Island's another one, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's, de- there's definitely just a lot of great movies that are just, you know, we're talking about fuck mind fucks. <laughs> well, uh, I've been, I've been accused of doing that with this whole project. So it will kind of, kind of messing with people's heads. Many, many worse things to be accused of, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Mickey uh, definitely accuses me of that. She's like, so what's my character? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that she doesn't really know, but yeah, she executed it so well. Exactly. Um, so do you have, I guess with everything you've recorded, is there some sort of method to the madness in terms of how you're releasing the music? That's something that's up for discussion right now. And actually we're, we're going to be talking about that next week. Um, okay. You have some great stuff coming out now with this, but yeah, people um, want to stream it, man. Something is going to be coming out before the show July 10th. So okay. I don't know which song it's going to be, but there will be something else that comes out. Uh, we've got, we've kind of stockpiled some songs. We've got about five or six uh, that need to be released. Is this um, stuff that kind of fits the new vibe or kind of a combination or where does um, it sit on the spectrum? So the two new songs that we did uh, recently, Theft of Me and Drunken Dom, they fit this. Uh, the previous songs that we've been holding on to, they're a little bit more... Uh, poppier. Uh, well, I shouldn't say poppier. Well, yeah, they are They're a little bit more, more energy, more energetic. Okay. Um, so kind of like there is some older songs, uh, you know, they get, they get the, the people's heads moving right. a little bit and stuff. So. <clears throat> so how does music play into uh, the adult life and the obligations of, of, of it all? I mean, like, where uh, does it, cause I think of when you were talking about Starliner, you know, that was, you, you described it as a business. And then yeah. thinking about like where you are now with music. I mean, you obviously, you've got your life, you've got family, you've got all these things. Where does music fit into the equation these days and how does it kind of change and impact your life? You know, in Starliner days, we practice almost six days a week. Yeah. And that's just kind of what we do. It's did. a business. Yeah. And and that, that really kind of wore us out. Uh, we took a different approach with uh, Fear the Sparrow. We'll, we're, we're older enough now, we're... We know how to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know how to work together. Uh, so we don't we don't do the the five day a week. We'll do we'll do what's necessary. Mm-hmm. If we have a project that's coming up, then we'll we'll hit it hard and heavy. Uh, if there's nothing going on, then we'll back down. Uh, you know, rehearsals to like maybe once once a week or twice a week. But technology has helped that a lot too like we all have recording gear we all we pass files back and forth so it's so easy we don't even have to be in the same room like Mm -hmm. hey learn this or develop a part for this section 
we'll glue it all together when we get together and then we'll make adjustments or if anybody else has any idea we'll make those adjustments and bam there, there yeah. it is wow well that's a, that's a good that's a good process though and to, then to have that established as far as time goes i mean it did i mean everybody in the band has you know family and obligations and stuff but they don't it doesn't really interfere with anything um mm-hmm. everybody's like been so supportive i probably have the most time out of everybody <laughs> but but everybody else is like you know so accommodating everything's accommodating it, yeah well you obviously do this because you love it and you're passionate about it do you, it's fun it makes life fun yeah i was gonna ask i mean is there something that you feel like just personally you derive from playing the music and, and doing what you do in fear the sparrow uh, if you could put it into words it gives me a chance just to escape everything and put myself in a different place yeah that's a world i created that uh, i kind of like to go to so i think that would put you as definitely an introvert yeah <laughs> creating an internal world and then going to live in it for a little while exactly that's pretty special yeah that's a i relate my friend i'm right there with you that's why we get along <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know but it's good too that we can also sit down and talk you know as introverts yeah <laughs> not everyone you know you know is so inclined my real job i have to talk to a bunch of people mm-hmm. every day so likewise so <laughs> so i mean i've learned how to i was a shy kid man like i i hid behind my mom and dad's leg for like the longest time mm-hmm. i just even around family i was just like super shy didn't have a whole lot of confidence like growing up and uh so until sports i realized that i was like really good at sports so that kind of helped and you know from there i just i never wanted to try anything new i was if it's out of my comfort zone i didn't like to do it right uh but now it's like with this this project uh, i love it yeah i'm like man i'm not gonna live forever why am i harboring all this stuff that i wanted to do in if it sucks oh well yeah who cares? There's, there's often more reasons not to do something than there is to do it. Yeah. You know, even even if it's nothing more than just the work it takes to get it done in the first place, there's usually a reason that it's like, ah, well, it's going to be something if I take it on. But it's also cool to have the freedom to, and confidence. Right. To step away from and that. If and if you surround yourself with the right people that believe in your story and, and stuff like that, then, then it, it just makes the whole process so much more rewarding. Like I was, I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, I liked... I like doing the work all the way up to the final, the final results. Cool. Like it's, it's cool. It's what it is. That's what you're trying to get to. But I enjoy the whole entire process from the beginning. Were you always that way? Um, no, I I think like in my younger years, like I wanted to, I wanted to get that end result and that end result only was like only a few seconds of like, yes, I did it Mm -hmm. and I didn't appreciate the work that came along getting up to that point. Now it's opposite. It's I enjoy doing the work. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of cool people and do a lot of really random things and, Mm -hmm. you know, sit in, you know, random studio and have podcasts and do all kinds of things you never thought you'd be doing. Exactly. And it's a lot of fun. This is awesome. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of value in it. I mean, I think. I didn't even know we were on a podcast. I thought we were just talking. (laughs) Good. I've done my job then. Um, Well, is there anyone you talk about support? Is there anyone in your life that you feel deserves some special acknowledgement for the support and making all this happen? Cause man, you're working hard. I got to imagine that there's some patient people behind you making it all happen. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. My biggest fans are still my parents. Um, they're, Shout out mom and dad. Yeah. I, I played one of the songs, uh, Theft of Me, for my mom on Mother's Day. And, Dude, uh, it's my favorite song in the performance. She had tears in her eyes. Oh, it's great. She was like, where did this come from? <laughs> I am. I Tell mom I'm, I'm right there with her. Yeah. After, after I heard everything and then you came in like, yeah, that's what we're doing. I was just like, what? <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Of course. She was like, you know, because I, I went back um, back to singing lessons with uh, my singing teacher from long, long ago. Um, I actually hung out with her last night. Um, oh, cool. She came in from Nashville. But uh, working with her again has taught me to be a lot more expressive with certain words in the lyrics and, and stuff like that. So uh, that really helped these two songs that were recorded uh, with Dave and ultimately we played live or in this concert film mm-hmm. um, and her getting me to that point to recognize what I'm doing is just took took this thing to a different level yeah um, now I'm, I'm a way more confident I'm like okay now I want to go back and redo the other songs <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I think to some degree as a musician you'll probably always feel that way yeah of like yeah. every every year, every six months, every three months, two months, one month, one week, even it's just like, oh, now I can do that, yeah. and I can do this, and that little voice, right? So, I mean, my parents are always going to come first. They've they've been my biggest fans. They have let me do some dumb shit that they were probably like, oh, this is the <laughs> dumbest thing ever, but I don't let you do it, so you can figure it out on your own. <laughs> That's that's cool. They gave you the freedom though to explore that. Were you were you always musical? Did you always play music? When did you start? Twelve. Uh, um, my best young. Friend, yeah, my best friend that I grew up with. Um, uh, he got a guitar. His parents got him a guitar, and he started taking lessons. And he came over with the guitar like one day, and he learned "Smells Like Teen Spirit" because. That was, I'm dating myself, but Smells Like Teen Spirit had just come out. <laughs> so, but I'm only 27 Wait, right now. Let's see, let's see. I'm just, I'm, I'm only just 27, but in 1992 <laughs> when, yeah. Uh, um, so, I thought that was the coolest thing. And I was like, oh, I want, I want a guitar. I started getting into music probably about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was always um, into like the classic rock bands like Boston uh, anything that was like on oh, rock man. who doesn't love boston yeah man. uh you know all the hair metal bands um so i always had that interest but then when my best friend got that guitar i was like i want a guitar so i begged and begged begged my parents to get me a guitar and then they got me this old nasty kramer guitar <laughs> it was awful. you still have it no <laughs> No, I couldn't get rid of that thing. I was going to say, you sound relieved. Yeah. So um, I locked myself in my room the summer of, or that summer. And I learned from him. And then I went and learned like every song off of Nevermind that whole summer. Mm. And that's how I learned how to play guitar. Yeah. And it just went from there. Just went from there. And then I was like. Singing? That didn't, that didn't take place until like probably. 17 16 or 17 okay i was in a couple of bands uh at 16 uh super nervous uh talk about anxiety 
um i did have to sing i was in a ska punk band like that was my first band ever oh cool that's neat um called the fisticuffs here in memphis and uh i had to sing like one song and I remember when I performed it, like I would turn, I would turn my back to the crowd and sing it and pretend like they weren't there. <laughs> and then I saw it on video and saw how, how ridiculous that looked. So that kind of like motivated me to be like, all right, I got to fix this. Like either I need to learn how to sing or I just need to stick with guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, man, it's some, it's, it's some nerves. Can be. Yeah, especially yeah, when you don't know how to sing, so you're trying to like really just yell. Yeah, you know, yell the words to make them sound good, and just believe it when you yell it, man, with passion <laughs> right. and vigor. Right, right. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Um, first band was at 16. I was in uh, some say Memphis's first like second wave emo band called Her Way with my best friend who oh yeah had yeah, the guitar. Right. And stuff. And that, best friend. That uh, is Luke, Luke Johnson. Luke Johnson. Yeah. He's up in uh, Maryland now, living in Maryland. Nice. Um, he's in the Navy. Um, that that band went on for about two years. That was cool. We played with every band that I loved at that point in time. At a Most of the shows took place at Barristers here in Memphis. That's okay. a, that was a legendary place. I say, I don't, I, honestly, honestly speaking, I don't think I know what it yeah, is. Yeah, Barristers and the Antenna Club. Okay. Um, those are two historic, you know, uh, hole-in-the-wall places to play that a lot of touring bands would come through here. Uh, that's uh, uh, my all-time favorite band is Jimmy Eat World, and how, I, how they became my favorite band was in 96 – uh, I was going to go see another band called Mineral and Jimmy World Open. I didn't know anything about them. And they played this song called Crush or Secret Crush at the time. And it just, it blew me away. And from that point, like Jimmy World was like my all time. Like I got to play with them a couple of times. Oh, cool. Uh, so cool. I'm like, there's, there's cool things like that, that that took place in those venues. And uh, learned a lot about music at that point. Just uh Especially the underground scene, mm-hmm. which I was really, really attracted to. Sure, um, just the crusty punks and people that don't bathe. I wasn't one of them, but uh, but you blended right like, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried. They're like, man, you, you smell good. I don't think you belong here. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I gotta ask. I think you, you've told me this, um, but I got I got a pry where people can hear. Fear the sparrow, fear period, the sparrow. Yeah. How did it happen? What is the period? Like, what is, tell me, tell me the name. Like, just give me this. I thought the story was neat. Okay. So I put the period in as kind of like a. This is 2017 or 2018? It was 2017. Okay. So we started. So I put it in there in hopes that people would like ask questions about it. Here I am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So why did you put a period there? And, I don't know, it's just, just to get people to talk about it or, or ask questions. And really, um, we've been teasing uh, for the last couple of years that uh, fear is actually the name of the sparrow. So it's like fear, the sparrow. <laughs> Have you revealed that anywhere? Does anyone know that? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I like uh, it. Let's, I'm going to take that as my little gem yeah, for, so from this. Like, it could be the name of the bird. It could be. So... 
Well, I have a couple of things that um, I want to ask before we wrap up. Um, you know, this is this is the hum. This is live at the eight station eight produced, and you guys have been an integral part of it and, and moving it forward in a completely innovative and creative way, and that's appreciated. Um, but more importantly than anything else, this is absolutely built from Memphis music. Yes, and just the the energy of Memphis, and you know, we've had R and B, we've had you know like the darker music, we've had you know for the Sparrows come in, we've had all these people just coming in and passing through and. Uh, you know, making all different kinds of music, but the one common factor amongst all of them is being from Memphis. Right. And it's just interesting to see kind of how Memphis comes in and influences the artist. And, and it takes, it got excited, man. And it takes, uh, takes, <clears throat> takes form, I guess. So I have to ask, being on a Memphis-based platform, regardless of where this goes in the future, if we do things outside of Memphis, whatever, being, you know, from Memphis, a Memphis musician in a Memphis band, how has Memphis contributed, influenced, been a part of your journey musically, creatively? Uh, since since the majority of it took place here, um, then probably I'd say like ninety percent of it uh, is is uh, Memphis related. Um, I don't Memphis, as everybody knows, has such a rich musical history, and I think I think I don't know, sometimes I feel that it gets kind of buried, you know? Um, and I don't way? think, I don't think people talk about it enough. Like, yeah. especially, especially people outside of Memphis, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody, I think like if I go to other cities and they ask like, where are you from Memphis? And people will talk, Oh, barbecue. And I'm like, yeah, barbecue. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah, Kansas city has barbecue. There's Texas barbecue. Yeah. Everybody has barbecue. But, uh, well, I think people outside of the U.S. I think also Memphis gets a little bit better of a of a, of a reputation of a rap than than it does. Yeah, and, um, people know you know to some degree that Memphis is music. Right. Um, but you're right. I don't think that there's the same spotlight that was shown on Memphis music as it as it were when Elvis was was doing his thing. Right. And, that, and that's another thing that like I felt like it was just kind of fading away. Was like you know a lot of people would used to say like oh that's where Elvis is from. I'm, I don't really hear that anymore. And that kind of the younger the generation behind me, man. I mean, who yeah. yeah, it's a it's gonna be a different one. Yeah. You know, no 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 bad things to say, but it's just a different way of life, a different frame of awareness. You know, they've been seeing things through the the eyes of an iPad since, you know, conception really. Right. So it's just a different way of thinking about things and that was that was a different time in history. And the thing, this was a long time ago, but the thing that burned me up was when Cleveland was awarded the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over Memphis. Like, oh, wow. I never understood that. You know, I, I'm like, somebody needs to explain that to me because I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I mean, as in all things, the there must be politics. <laughs> who the hell comes from Cleveland? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Kid Cudi, I don't know if I would call that rock and roll, though. Well, like Machine that. Gun Kelly. <laughs> yeah. But, which he's cool, I guess, but he's got a hot girlfriend. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to to acknowledge. I mean, no Memphis, Memphis history. I'm proud to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. There's so much interesting things that that music wise come from Memphis, um, and I, I I actually hope that after this pandemic officially goes away, that people will come back out, start seeing live music come see some original bands, you know, support, yeah. support your cover bands, but let's, let's get back to the original stuff. Cause that's, that's really what makes the world go around. Yeah. You know, finding Can, something new, pushing the doll forward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, 
it's good to see. I think people coming out of this, you know, talking about the pandemic, I think people, and I've probably said this before, but I think a lot of people are just really receptive um, to things in a new way. I think people are like wanting fellowship and wanting connection. Even the introverts of the world, they're wanting to kind of connect, <laughs> you know, once again, I think to the world around them. And, um, I, you know, these arbitrary competitions that we make amongst musicians and the scenes and things like that. I don't, I don't think that they're going to be as prevalent maybe as I'm optimistic. And, and, and I guess I'm saying right. that maybe that that won't be as uh hold as has such a firm grip over the different music scenes and that people will come together. And, you know, that's kind of the ideology behind this platform is just trying to bring so many people from so many different genres, but all from the same place and right. putting it, under the spotlight because there are in Memphis and to be fair, you know, there's a lot of things that we hear about that's not working. Mm -hmm. It's not going great, but there's a lot of things that are working and that are going great. Yeah. And there's a lot of creative people. There's a lot of artists doing great work like yourself. I mean, there's a lot of things worth talking about. There's a lot of great bands out there right now from Memphis that if they were probably somewhere else like LA or, or Nashville, they would probably be, you know, signed to something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's weird how that works. Yeah. But I don't know. Memphis, it gets, they get, they, we always get skipped over for the major tours because we're in between yeah. Nashville and Little Rock. So we're like a third tier city and we just kind of get the scraps, which kind of sucks. I'm like, Memphis is so much better than that. Yeah. I think, um, I'm, uh, again, I'm optimistic. We have, you know, Growlers. We got the Watershed. We got the Amphitheater that's just got a bunch of money put back into it. Um, yeah. You know, all the way up to the forum, these large scale shows. Right. Uh, maybe with, more life coming back into I these. I think there's some other venues that are in the works. There are, there are. There's so. uh, there's there's a few, and um, yeah, I think I think I'm, I guess I think that there's going to be places to facilitate right. these things in the first place. Whereas before, um, I know you know I mean a lot of development started in I guess 2016 and just putting, you know I think that wasn't too long before you know even the Daisy stopped. You know yeah. I mean there's been a lot of shifts and a lot of changes, but Man, there are things coming. Daisies, huh? You and I yeah. both, my friend. You and I both. <laughs> Not all great, but a lot of them are. Most of them are cool. great. Yeah, no, it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of shows, man. Yeah, do of, another podcast about that one. Yeah, that's a that's an entirely <laughs> separate discussion. Um, yeah, and I mean that was I think I know Nick even was around when there was a studio like right you know there. Yeah, we were talking about Chris the other day. I think. Yeah, yeah. Dave was a part of that. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that was when 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 Dave was kind of getting his legs, and yeah, he moved on to Noise Factory. Now he's at Supernova. It's it's crazy. It's just everybody's got their their journey, you know. And Memphis has been such an interesting place, I think, to right. hold all of that and. Regardless of whether it's seen by everybody or not, there is a lot of really incredible, you know, really incredible things that happen on, yeah. on a consistent You're basis. You're back here now, so. Hey, you know, com com coming in strong, I, I hope. <laughs> uh, de definitely, I guess that's what I'm saying. I think I know Station 8, the crew, like you guys, I think I think everybody is in a good place and uh, optimistically looking at the future in regards of what it could mean. Absolutely. Um, you guys have been great, accommodating. The hospitality here has, has been top-notch. Um, Thanks for making this vision a reality. It's been fun, man. It's been it's been a pleasure, really. It's yeah. been it's been again. Uh, it makes it very easy um, to do something like this when someone comes in with as much passion and belief in what they're doing as what what you brought. So that's appreciated. Um, but as we as we wrap up, um, I, I have to reiterate. I have to say thank you for coming in and putting in this work and thank you to the band for working so hard to make this something special and coming in and doing a great job and just uh like full disclosure we were really nervous about the drums 
Oh, we, had, I was we hadn't too. done a live performance with uh, drums and we were just like shaking our bass. We're like, please like let this sound great. And it totally does. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds good. We're you super content. Yeah. I was nervous too. I'll, I'll be yeah. honest with you. Cause yeah, uh, we were. No shame now. We can say that now. We can say that now. Yeah. The air is clear. <laughs> like I was starting to think like, all right, how am I going to do this without my band or my drummer? Oh, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad that that's not the, the path we chose but because uh, it all worked out. But um, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, where where can anyone listening to this? So June 3rd at 8 p.m. is going to be the official premiere. So if you're hearing this, please go to our YouTube channel uh, for Station 8 Productions and subscribe. Uh, like if you would, you know, if you want to, it's going to be great, but you can always wait like to see it. it. Yeah. We have the like Facebook it. event. We've got all type and you, I know you've got it going wild on your social media. There's all types of ways to find this, but how can people connect with you? If you're the Sparrow. Any type of social media, except for Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Important clarification. Except. So good to go. That, on Bumble, that's kind then. of, that's a, that's a, that's a old joke. The inside joke. Um, uh, Twitter. The Facebook. fact that you clarified just means that you have a heavy presence on Bumble, right? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> is that for like silver foxes and cougars hang out? Hey, I'm not here to discriminate. You know, who knows? Who knows what it holds? It's not something that's part of my life, so it's all speculation. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, good see luck. if I find anybody I know on it. That's not supposed to be on it. All right. So is that where you can find you? Anywhere else? I'm not on there. Streaming platforms? Yes. Yeah, so Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Fear the Sparrow. Um, we even have a Snapchat now. I'm still learning how to work it. Oh my gosh! I'm getting less. I can barely so. keep up with Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I need a secretary or something to, yeah. <laughs> to help me with all this stuff. Yeah, you do a great job. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music. If you want to check out some of our tunes, um, you can email us. We'll always email you back. We're not some of the those bands that ignore people talking to us we like to talk to people yeah behind a screen so the introverts can have fun too we have our safeguard <laughs> yeah i've got my computer tan from 2020 how about you yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right man well listen thank you thank you for coming out thank you for being a I part of this it. and thanks uh, for having me look forward to doing more let's do it all right man thank you guys for tuning in uh, if you want to check out any of our other content, you can visit our website at station8productions.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash station8productions. Thanks.